0: Hollow, Episode 6, The Librarian. (sighs) I'm sweating and out of breath. I managed to stuff the quilt in my backpack enough that it stays, even if the top half is hanging out. I tried to hitch, but only one car passed, and I don't think the driver saw me. Or they just didn't want to deal with me. I have sour milk in my hair. I soaked through my work polo a long time ago, and I smell. I haven't slept, and I'm starving. It's about noon, and I'm finally reaching the gas station. I have no idea how Eddie will react, but I haven't gotten anything on my phone. It took me a long time to stop shaking after bringing my phone back to life. That sounds so stupid, but it really worked. My phone is fully charged and working like normal. There are stretches of road with no service. Maybe that's why I haven't gotten a text. At least my body is relaxing now. There's no pain and my skin is normal. I've spent most of this time thinking about the midwife, trying to remember things she said. I'm embarrassed how I acted. I let Anna ask the questions while I stewed in frustration. After turning it over in my head, I'm sure now that the midwife is real. But when she handed me the sewing kit, I felt a cruel reminder. She knows about me. I wonder if she was trying to get a reaction out of me. I'm glad I threw it away, and I can forget about it in the woods. What the fuck am I going to do now? There's a the station. Fucking finally, I see a car at the pump. First, I notice Josh over by the firewood taking a smoke break. And then I see Anna's car, still in the same spot. It looks... is that... I try to walk faster, scanning for any broken glass or, I don't know, whatever happened last night. I pick up the pace. Lacey! Josh calls out. He looks really concerned. What the hell were you doing last night? I want to respond, but I can't stop staring at Anna's car. There's no broken glass, though. Look, you forgot to shut the register. A bunch of cash is missing. I had to call Eddie this morning. He wants to talk to you. I look around. There's no mud, no evidence of an earthquake or explosion or whatever else. It's like nothing happened. I'm not saying it's your fault, but the camera was out. I don't think they've checked any tapes in years, honestly. Never use it. How are you not freaking out? I ask. I am freaking out. I don't want you to get fired over something that probably has a simple explanation. He stares at the milk stain down my front. Right, Lacey? I meant the car, I managed to say. It's covered in moss. If Anna's car is like this, what does mine look like right now? What? He looks at the car nonchalantly, like nothing is wrong. I don't recognize it. It was here when I showed up this morning. When he finally takes in the look on my face, he adds, go ahead and put your stuff in the office. Eat a Pop-Tart, I don't know. It's as close as Josh gets to saying he cares. He chucks his cigarette butt in the ash bin and steps inside. I stare at the car, my backpack weighing heavy on my shoulders. I almost expect the moss to glow, but it's eerily still. I go to sit by the side of the building, sliding my backpack off, and I rest my back against the brick. The car at the pump left at some point. The wind stopped. I take in a deep breath, and I pull out my phone. I'm checking for messages. Nothing from Mom. I pull up local news to see if Claire's story is out, but there's nothing. Then, I launch myself up again to see Anna. She's standing near her car with wild eyes and taking everything in. She searches frantically around her, backing herself against the car. When she catches her breath, she finally notices me. I'm about to light into this girl. I march towards her with fire in my eyes, when suddenly she breaks down into tears and gives me a fierce hug. She wraps her arms tightly around me and sobs into my sour, sticky hair. I'm not altogether comfortable, but I don't push her away. She finally steps back, looking at the ground and wiping her face. She has on hiking gear with a pack, and she went out looking for Claire again, I can tell. I... I ruined it. I destroyed the Angelica. I wasn't protected. The midwife was right. Whoa, slow down. Did it... did the thing... did it come after you? Yes. It found me. It's trying to get us. It's trying It sent a horse. Or it was a horse. I don't know. I tried to help it. She looks around a second time to make sure we're alone. It was burning. It was awful. I wanted to help, but... Listen... It's tracking us through the radio, or something electromagnetic. My skin is starting to prickle. I don't understand, how did you get here? It was charging me, and then I picked up my phone and I was looking at it, and then I was here. I look at my phone in my hand, but nothing happens. Then I remember my reflection in the kitchen window. Did you see your reflection in the screen? I, I don't know why. Have you ever seen anything weird about yourself in the mirror or glass or something? She gives me a sickening look of recognition. I... She points to her car. I saw myself. I saw myself wrapped in vines. At camp, I saw Claire in the window. Something weird is happening. It's not just the cabin last night or that thing that's after us. I want to tell her about the mint, but the radio is intensifying. I don't feel the humming sensation yet, but it could happen if we stick around. We have to get away from here, but we can't just drive away like last time. Where were you, before this? I was in the woods, outside of camp. I was north. Follow me. I shove the door open and grab a state map. Josh looks back and forth incredulously. I fly down one of the aisles to grab some Pop-Tarts, and then I go to the cooler to grab water bottles. I'll pay for it later, I say. Anna stands by the sunglasses, unsure of what to do. Come here. I spread the map out near the register. With a pen, I circle where we are. Anna points with her finger. That's camp. You're quick. How many miles uphill? Um, my eyes scan the map. I slowly make another circle. The lines and numbers on the map become overwhelming. You okay? Yeah. I look at the map key to figure out the mileage. I can't do this under pressure. Anna shifts the map towards her. Tapping her fingers, she concludes, 16.2 miles. We can hike that in a day, but we wouldn't get there before nightfall. I can't do any more walking. My exhaustion hits me all at once. I stare at the map and my eyes sting with tears lacy what's wrong it's just hard for me to read under pressure did you walk here from somewhere the humming starts okay breathe think it through we can't go on foot we need to try to get the car working again that there's no way look at it we need to go back to camp right to help the search party I mean, that was what I was trying to do, but it found me. I wasn't ready. We need a real plan. We need to find the crossroads. I don't know what that means, but I'm assuming it's back in the woods near camp. We need to bring the things she gave us. Look. I need to go back and find my sewing kit. The box? I... Actually, I have it. I don't have time to ask her why the hell she took it with her, but I'm honestly grateful she was a sneak. Uh, guys? For the Later, the Josh. So I start scooping everything on the counter into my arms, and I dash outside. Hold this. I run to grab my backpack, and I rip out the mint cartridge from the pocket. That's when Anna notices all my things. We don't have time. Where are the keys? I... I, I don't know. I start clawing the moss and soil away from the car. <laughs> Help me! Help <laughs> me! coming off in clumps, but underneath are bugs and strange-looking roots. (laughs) Some of it is stubborn. It's unlocked, though. The keys are still inside. I try turning it. Nothing. I hold the mint to the steering wheel and I close my eyes. If it worked on my phone, it should work on a car, right? Concentrate. I bind the cycle of life and death. The cycle of life and my death. gut starts to sink. Cycle this might work, but what if I start to feel pain again? I bind the cycle Breathe. Of life it death. was just my fear, that's all. What are you doing? I hear from outside the car. She's peeling the passenger door open. I'm gonna get this car to work. The console is on, but the numbers and the dials are going haywire. Come on. Is that the mint? The humming is under my skin. I can feel it. No matter what I do, I can't shake my fear. I look at my arm, and dark green pulsing veins start to show through my skin. Lacey, whatever you're doing, stop! The engine sputters. If I can just concentrate and force it to do what I want, this will work. Enough! Enough! You're hurting yourself! Finally, I let it go. Why isn't it working? I don't hear it, but I feel it's getting closer. We have to get out of here. There's no more time. There's a connection between the gas station and the woods near camp. If we can figure out how we've been moving, then we can get out of here now. I look in the rear view, but the back window is still covered. I weakly push myself out of the car. I think she knows what I'm considering scrambling out of her side. She hoists her pack onto her shoulders and then points to mine. She moves toward me and swipes the last of the dirt off one of the windows. (sighs) Lacey, what's happening? I can't respond so she takes the mint out of my hands. She holds it like it's hot or something. I feel immediate relief though. She turns my hands over, noticing my veins, then lifts her eyes. Look, I know we can get out of here. We're gonna find the librarian. We can do this, okay? I managed to nod my head. She presses a hand against the window and looks at her reflection. She glances at me to do the same. Pocketing the mint, she holds my hand. I don't know if this is how it works, but please take us to the woods. Nothing is happening. Whatever sense of control I felt the first time this thing showed up, I have none now. My heart is racing. I feel like I'm gonna throw up. It looks like the moss is vibrating along the pavement. The midwife said, when we're afraid, it finds us through the moss. I close my eyes and try to focus on my heart. I'm in so much pain. Breathe. Look at the window. <laughs> Lacey, do it now. We stare at ourselves, our hands pressed against the car, willing ourselves away from here. We have to go. This has to work. We have to... <sighs> We are at the meadow. We're still holding hands. What the fuck? My head still hurts, but my arms feel okay. (laughs) We did it! She wants to smile, but she looks worried. It's not burning anymore. The humming is gone. Why the meadow? I don't know. It got us close enough to the woods at least. But I was just here earlier, and there's nothing... She trails off, staring at the tree line. I see it too. The wind is blowing up the hill. It's whipping my hair over my shoulders, but the trees are perfectly still, like the leaves are frozen. Anna begins walking toward the trees. I will my legs to follow. I wish I had the same energy as I had in the woods last night. Maybe it was just adrenaline. The trees are unsettling. I almost don't want to get closer. Welcome. I've been waiting for you. No one is here. The midwife said to meet at the crossroads. Anna looks around to match the voice with a person. Moments pass and the clouds start to roll quickly. The light shifts to a soft gray. She gets out the map from her pack. She flattens some tall grass and presses the map down to straighten the folds. You don't need that here. This woman knows us, whoever she is. I feel the same sense of anticipation that we did at the cabin, except this time there's no warmth and I'm not entirely convinced we're safe. Looking up, the tree trunks have strange knots in them. They look like faces. They are faces, frozen in the bark. Their eyes are closed. They look like sleeping masks stacked all the way up to the canopy. Some twist away from the meadow Some protrude further out if they're on a knot or a winding branch. The more my eyes search the trees, the more faces appear. There's a strange sound, like a deep exhale. Anna stands. I still don't see anyone around. I step toward a tree to get a closer look. I carefully reach my hand out to touch the bark. The face in front of me has soft brows and a mouth curved down. While many of the faces look worried or contorted, this one seems peaceful. I touch its cheek. It doesn't move. Both of you are needed to see clearly. Anna steps up behind me. She hesitates, but holding her breath, she touches the tree too. It's so still, it feels like time isn't real. Between the edges of the bark, something soft starts to move. A dim light scurries under the crevice, I want to pull my hand away, but I force myself to keep it there. Anna looks pale. She's having a hard time concentrating. Her fingertips against the tree start to swell and turn dark. Anna, take the mint out of your pocket. She throws it to the ground. Mint begins to root around our feet, and small shoots begin to grow into the meadow grass. It envelops where we stand, but it's soft and deliberate. After a few moments, it stops. The pair of eyes in the tree fly open. (sighs) The eyes are dark and unblinking. Anna. Lacey. Lacey. The mouth doesn't move. I knew you would find me. The faces slowly shift toward us, eyes still closed. When I turn, the meadow is gone. Only more trees surround us. You need something from me. The midwife sent us here. Yes. Yes. With mint, angelica, Anna looks at me, and corn. I wet my lips to say something, but then she adds, with fabric, needle, and thread. I release my hand from the tree. A woman emerges from the dense window of branches nearby. It is her, the woman in the photograph. She has a wide-brimmed hat and riding boots, and the satchel... Perhaps you know me better this way. Her eyes have the same shadow as the eyes in the trees. They look dead, but piercing at the same time. Are you the librarian? Yes. Then this is the crossroads. Yes, the rend and the veil between worlds. Why? I touch my arms, not sure how to ask my question. You haven't learned how to ask. She picks a stem of mint rubs a leaf between her fingers, and a mist starts to rise from her palm. She closes her eyes and speaks softly. I can't make out what she's saying, but almost in the same breath, the mint roots into her hand and grows. Each face around us begins to slowly open its eyes. You see, I ask the plant spirit for awakening, energy, and life. I ask with gratitude. She gently blows on the mint and it begins to shrink, the leaf tips tinged with brown. The eyes around us close and settle into the bark again. I feel better. The fear that gripped my chest is relaxing a bit. Was I shaking? I'm not sure anymore. My backpack feels lighter. Your fear is helpful. Not all darkness is bad. I look at Anna, who has the personality of a rabbit. Her eyes are still wide, but she relaxes her shoulders a bit. You'll need something. When I was living, I cherished this. She lifts the satchel over her head and places it on the earth. Finally, the wind reaches the branches and the trees sway longingly. I notice some of the faces taking in breath. Small shards of tree bark begin to snap off from many trees sap and pulp ooze forward out of the crevices in the bark. The ground feels strange. At my feet, dried leaves, grass fibers, and surface dirt blow and roll toward the satchel. Bark pieces and plant matter begin to bury it, seeping into every space. Before it disappears, the woman lifts it up, roots hanging out of it now, and she opens the flap to reveal a book. Here, As she holds it out to us, the book creaks. Its pages are uneven, the same color as the tree pulp, and the binding is textured and black. I take it into my arms. It has its own energy, like how the moss felt at the cabin. Calm, reassuring. Until a spider creeps from the top corner and I shriek. (laughs) I drop the book. Shit! Anna sinks to the ground and scoops the spider into her hands in one fluid motion. I sheepishly pick up the book, which is vibrating after landing in the mint. Ask it a question, the librarian says. Anna carefully opens her hands to reveal a large brown spider. I want to gag. How do we find Claire? The book creaks open. The pages are empty. The librarian steps forward. Her presence feels cold, her skin is sallow. She places the stem of mint onto the first page. It disintegrates and melds itself into the parchment. Collect the knowledge of the plant spirits in this book. You can call on them when you need them. You'll learn how to ask. Will the spider give us our answer? Yes, though it's not always immediate. Anna gently releases a spider at the base of a tree. I watch it scurry under a leaf, and suddenly I feel awful about the spiders I've killed. You will find imprints in the land. Where you alleviate the harm, you will find answers. The book will help you. Remember, not everything will be physical to you. I cautiously close the book, as if closing it too quickly will cause it to bite me or something. I'm sorry to leave you. You are not protected here. It can find you easily between the veil. When I glance at the trees, the faces are gone. Do not come here again unless you are willing to risk danger. I tighten my backpack straps, and I press the book to my chest. Anna glances at me. I must cross to the shadows, but I will help where I can. I look over my shoulder, and the daylight returns. There's the meadow. I turn back to the librarian, but she's gone. A breeze sweeps through the leaves. The mint is missing too, like it was never there. Anna asks for the book with her hands. She opens it to the first page, which pulses with green fibers and smells of mint. Moss Hollow is written and performed by Melinda Beck. Original music by Kendall Winter. Mountain Foley by Melody Parrish. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.